To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shine. Hey Koala Kids! Welcome to our brand new show, Koala Shine. I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas that will blow your socks off. Today's story will transport us to a magical train in a faraway animal kingdom, full of animals heading on their holidays. Have you ever been on a train journey? With the gentle chug of the train and the lovely views of the passing countryside. Isn't it delightful? Well, today's train journey is nothing like that at all. It's absolute chaos! There's been a rock fall on the track, and it's up to a rather frazzled flamingo to get together a motley crew of useful creatures to save the train. And fast. Which animal would you call first? A strong animal? A smart animal, perhaps? A scared animal that buries its head in the sand? Hmm, maybe not the last one. An ostrich wouldn't be very good in this situation, would it? Ooh, the train's pulling into the station now. So let's pack our bags, get out our tickets and climb aboard. All aboard! It's time for our story! Ottilie the otter sat on her soft seaweed bed for a full five minutes before she dared to open her eyes. She could feel the warmth of the sun on her face and knew deep inside it would be a beautiful, blue sky, fluffy white cloud sort of day. But she thought it wise to whisper a few promises to the world in exchange for guaranteed sunshine, just to be on the safe side. When she had quite finished swearing that she would hand over the biggest fish to her brothers and would be on her best behaviour for the entire month, the little otter slowly opened one eye and then the other. And there it was, a glorious sweep of clear blue sky. Ottilie turned to her left and shook Otis, and turned to her right and shook Omar. And the three otters lay back on the kelp and little bubbles of excitement burst out of them as giggles and then laughs. For today was the day the sea otters were going on a grand adventure. The whole otter family were headed to the mainland where they would take a train, something they'd only seen from afar, puffing its way along the shoreline and rattling importantly along the tracks. All their aunts and uncles and grandparents and cousins, even the second cousins twice removed, had gathered together over the previous days on the giant mass of kelp, spending the days ducking and diving, and the nights afloat with their hands held tight together, just the way sea otters learn to do as young pups. They boarded the train in the little coastal village of Salty Wallop, arguing over who should get the window seats and which side would be the best to look out at the world from. 
and as the station master blew his whistle and called out in a booming voice, All aboard! They poked their whiskered faces out of the windows and watched as the great walrus waddled along the platform and slammed the train doors shut one by one, glancing up and down one last time before one final blast of his whistle told the train driver it was time to leave. The second hand on the platform clock worked its way up to the top, and the hour hand bounced into place alongside the number nine. And with a great cheering and hollering and whistling and shouting, the otters waved goodbye to the walrus and pressed their little faces to the windows. Those facing forwards looked eagerly at what was about to come next, and those facing backwards peered back into the past, looking at the places they'd already gone by but didn't even know about yet. And when they went into a tunnel, all of them tried to hold their breath. But Ottilie got the giggles early on and gave up shortly after their carriage disappeared into the darkness. The train rushed out of the tunnel and into the bright sunlight, getting faster and faster as it sped along the coastline, dressed with swaying palms and golden sand beaches. The names of the little stations rushed past the windows. A tall and somewhat haughty flamingo pushed a drinks trolley through the aisles, pouring cups of tea with a fanciful flourish. Just as the flamingo arrived at Ottilie's side, his radio crackled to life. The little otter leaned in to try and listen, but the flamingo gave her one of those grown-up, don't-you-even-think-about-it sort of looks, and swung around with an important air. Which of course made Ottilie want to listen in all the more. And by doing so, she heard a few very important words crackle down the line. The first was danger. The second was serious. And the third was help. The flamingo faded from pink to white and ran squawking through the carriage, returning moments later to retrieve the drinks trolley. The otters crowded around Ottilie, who, delighted to be the centre of attention for the first time in her life, may have exaggerated just how much she'd heard, and indeed what she'd heard, just a little. They say we're heading for disaster, she shouted. They said there's really serious danger, and we're beyond help. Whispers rushed around the group, with a little more drama added to each version of the story. So by the time the news reached the flamingo's ears again, it turned out they were in fact headed towards the largest chasm in the world, and the bridge was broken, and the train was going to hurtle into oblivion with everyone on board, which temporarily sent the flamingo into a flap of panic. Before he remembered, there are no bridges on this route, and no chasms, and as far as he was aware, no oblivions either. But the problem up ahead was real indeed. The train was going at breakneck speed towards a rockfall, and even if they pulled the brakes as hard as they could, it wouldn't stop in time. The flamingo leapt to his phone and dialed the local emergency line. In case you didn't know, these phones are all operated by rabbits. For they are the chattering, chin-wagging, over-the-garden-fence gossips of the animal world and know everything about everyone. At least, they think they do, which is practically the same thing. Rabbit, please help us! There's danger ahead! Get the fastest of animals out of their bed! The rabbit who answered the call, a very large, floppy-eared, soft-bellied one, who was in the middle of knitting a hat for her 100th grandchild, checked her list of emergency assistants 
and suggested that a tortoise should be sent. Somewhat famously, she told the flapping flamingo, a tortoise did of course beat a hare and is indeed the fastest animal in the world. The flamingo politely asked if a cheetah might be available instead, given that they are, in fact, the fastest animals in the world. And tortoises are typically of the slow and steady variety. The rabbit shrugged, said she would do what she could, and pressed a few buttons before going back to her knitting. The cheetah, who had been sitting admiring her claws, was planning a day of stretching and snoozing, nevertheless set her desires aside and rushed off to the train. The flamingo called out to her as she ran alongside. Cheetah, please help us! There's trouble ahead! Get the strongest of animals out of their bed! Did you know, the cheetah called across, that the strongest animal is the ant? Isn't that incredible? I found out just last week, you know. Pound for pound, they are stronger than any other beast in the world. And lucky for you, I know a colony that lives nearby. Fortunately, the flamingo managed to screech at the cheetah before she shot off into the distance and said that while this was indeed a fascinating fact, it was remarkably useless, when what he really needed was an animal that could haul the heaviest burden right there and then. Oh, so you're after an elephant, said the cheetah, a little crestfallen and annoyed that her fun fact hadn't been better received. But nevertheless, she wanted to help the animals on the train, so disappeared in search of some elephants. She raced ahead of the train, and found a herd of elephants closest to the rockfall, calling for them to pack up their trunks and head over there as quickly as they could. With them on their way, the cheetah rushed back to the flamingo to let him know that help was coming. But the elephants won't know what to do, the flamingo wailed. Cheetah, please help us! There's trouble ahead! Get the smartest of animals out of their bed! Oh, you're after an owl then, called the cheetah. Terribly wise owls. Of course, they're probably asleep at this time of day. I'm not quite sure I should like to wake up an owl. They're very grouchy, you know. Do you know this one time? And the cheetah was about to launch into a terribly long story when the flamingo managed to interrupt her and say no. By far the smartest animal in the world, to his knowledge at least, was the magpie. Well, knock me down with a feather, shouted the cheetah, and the flamingo would willingly have done so if the situation had been quite so urgent. The magpie! You're absolutely right, of course. They've solved incredibly difficult puzzles. I once read that. And again, the cheetah was about to launch into a dreadfully long story, but the flamingo gave her a glare, so she shut up at once, shooting off to find some magpies to direct the elephants in their work. To be honest, it wasn't hard to find the magpies. By this time, the rabbit had quite forgotten about knitting the hundredth granddaughter's hat, and, being the gossip of the animal world, had already contacted anyone and everyone and told them about the drama on the train tracks. So animals had come from far and wide and were already there, operating under the direction of a tribe of magpies who flapped back and forth and called out orders. One of them waved his wings at the cheetah, who bounded up ready to receive her own instructions. 
What with all these animals trying to help, the magpie explained. It's absolute chaos. We need some order. We need a loud voice. Cheetah, please help us. There's trouble ahead. Get the loudest of animals out of their bed. What you're after, said the cheetah with a smile, is a whale. Great, booming voices that can be heard up to a thousand miles away. The magpie slapped his wing into his forehead and rolled his eyes. It may have escaped your notice, dear cheetah, that we are not underwater. I was rather thinking a howler monkey might be more useful. Yes, yes, before you step in and tell me some kind of bats are louder than howler monkeys... I hasten to point out that they're most likely all asleep right now. The cheetah was having quite a day of it. Surrounded by all these know-it-all animals who didn't seem remotely interested in her fascinating facts. But nevertheless, she decided her pride could take a dent in exchange for saving all of those on the train. And she shot off to find some howler monkeys to call out the magpie's instructions. Having done everything he could to save the day, the flamingo was spending his time rushing up and down the carriages, handing out mugs of soothing chamomile tea. It was the best he could offer at this point. A small but well-meant gesture, and one that was certainly appreciated by most. All the British animals on board, the badgers and moles, the field mice and voles, were delighted with the tea. For tea, as they all knew, would solve any problem. The train rushed along the tracks, racing through Little Botherington with its famous houses covered in shells, rushing past Merrington in the marsh, where people from around the world travel for the spongiest, bounciest, mushiest marshmallows, and charged its way towards the rockfall. And just as the elephants pressed themselves against the last boulder and pushed for all they were worth, just as the boulder rocked back and forth before finally deciding it too could be moved aside, the train rounded the corner and rushed along the cleared tracks. The elephants and magpies, the howler monkeys and the cheetah, and all the animals who had come to save the day fell down with sighs of relief. The flamingo mopped his brow with a cloth. And as if nothing had happened, the otters settled down to looking out of the window and ooing and ahhing at the swaying palm trees and the golden sand. Because that is what otters are like, you see. They fall asleep holding each other's hands so they won't ever drift apart. And they always know, somewhere deep inside, that someone is looking out for them and will keep them safe. So otters, on the whole, can dedicate their lives to being cute and cuddly and all sorts of adorable. Knowing that out there in the world are the elephants and ants who are strong and mighty the magpies and owls who are clever and wise, and the cheetahs and tortoises who are speedy and swift. Well, the cheetahs are at least. I'm fairly sure I could win a race against a tortoise. What do you think? What's the fastest animal you think you could beat in a race? Say it now. <laughs> yeah, I think you could beat them too. You look pretty speedy. And one final question. What is more ridiculously, impossibly adorable than two otters floating on the sea, holding hands and looking up at the stars? If you said nothing, 
I think you're right. But let me know if you did think of something cuter. Now I, for one, am relieved that they got the salty wallop back on track. Phew, that was a heart pounder, hey? Let's relieve the tension. Once more, koala kids, I'll leave you with a joke. What do you call a train with a cold? Uh, uh, a choo-choo train! Wait, why is no one laughing? Okay, koala kids, if you think you have a funny joke, send it in on our voice note via the link in the show notes. I could do with some help here. Until next time, koala kids, keep on shining! Koala shine! Koala shine!